0: I think it's kind of a
1: today. But before we start with the program, I I just have to let you know that even though this is week seven in the quarter, we still have two more new writing series events. And next week, poet Fragita Sharma, which is be here, and Ken White, a poet and screenwriter the same here, the same place uh, at the same time, before 30. And then the week after that, we're gonna have um Poet and translator from LA, Jim Hopper, and uh, an LA-based but Siddhartha born, poet, Dolores Lampes. So we have two really interesting readings uh, by the end of May, and I hope to see you all here. So now the only thing that I have to do is to introduce our own Pepe Rojo, Mexican writer and MFA uh, student, and he'll be doing the introduction. With me? I'm Buenas tardes. Uh, Good evening, San Diego (laughs) Goebbels. I come here officially representing the Chihuahua Liberation Front (laughs) on a special diplomatic mission designed by the Tourism and Culture Ministry to present to you, under the frame of the new writing series, two very special Tijuana creatures specialized in spreading strange habit cultural artifacts for your enjoyment and possible corruption. <laughs> as we all know, Tijuana has the unusual habit of spawning and disseminating strange and wonderful creatures with a particular inflection towards the creative side of existence and a weird insistence on challenging frontiers, as these two border hoppers will show you in a couple of minutes. Uh, in this particular case, Time and Space, uh, featuring comics in an unusual and personally much celebrated uh, mood from the new writing series. It's great to have uh, comics. Uh, now, back to official matters. Uh, Giancarlo Ruiz is a filmmaker and an actor. His films have focused on issues regarding identity and the family unit as an extension of a dysfunctional global interaction in a microscopic uh, scale. Uh, his work in Secto and four have won several awards and have been exhibited in the Havana International Film Festival, Cuba, Los Angeles International Film Festival, San Diego Latino Film Festival, and so on, and so on, and so on. Ruiz has also produced the award-winning video glue for the music group Perfect Circle. Uh, He's co-founder of the collective La Luciana La Colectivo Escenico with Raquel Presa in Tijuana and the acting troupe The Traveling Zoo with Joseph J. Stephen and Wei Shi in San Diego. He's also co-founder of the annual film festival Reportos 48 in the city of Tijuana. And he works right here at UCSD in the visual arts department uh, as a media specialist for uh, the master's program. Uh, with a B movie panache, uh, 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 Giancarlo Ruiz makes this porn, horror, science fiction, slasher, John Waters gross out, narco, zombie, <laughs> explicit, X rated, not because of graphic material, but instead because of subject matter, Hodroskian, and Fly swatting edges, real Deranged, Ham, and Kitchen field. <laughs> uh, and then we pass on to the next Tijuana creature, which is uh, uh, the Mexican illustrator Charles Lovitz who lives in Tijuana, which allows him to teach at nearby San Diego State College across the border uh, when, he's <laughs> no, when he's in Tijuana. <laughs> his work has been recognized by uh, American Illustration, HAL Magazine, Print Magazine, Three Times Three Magazine, his clients include Rolling Stone, UCLA Magazine, magazine from Blood, System. Uh, and Charles says, "I'm interested now less in physical borders and more in the border that exist between imagination and myth and fantasy, the internal conflicts as opposed to the external." Uh, I just Charles Lubitz. I'm a big fan of this. Uh, strange, mystic ontological creatures, all the important creatures, and shaman-like quests. Uh, Faceless kids with geometrical designs instead of the usual facial orifices, or heads which you can see picking up all the regions of the border of daily reality. He's an experimental illustrator, uh, and he likes to do narrative projects as well, the set. He has a set up of uh, regular characters, or recurring characters, uh, uh, like the Cap- capitalist king and the gardener, uh, uh, the starship children. Uh, uh, I think he has created through his uh, paintings of old world, a uh, new mythology, and old world versus new world uh, uh, mythology. Uh, these two uh, uh, have been collaborating on different projects since uh, 2009, 2009 and sometimes they make pilgrimages together, like going to Santa Cruz to attend some World
0: uh,
1: which I have heard snippets, which I will, will not will do here. Uh, as should be evident by now, Tijuana breeds strange creatures. Please welcome two of our most special ones.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> of love, love. Like, okay, cool. Open a portal. You go. <laughs> uh, at the same time, a secret society of uh, Illuminati uh, villains uh, record the energy signatures and they say, we found them. Let's get ready. They choose a secret society and they send him on his way inside the helicopter, and they're off. Our two friends arrive at the cave. They go inside. Inside the cave, there are dark things. (laughs) Same time, the sceniciders arrive, and they take a leak before they go inside. (laughs) Inside the cave, our two friends are presented with their first uh, reflection of themselves so this is like a uh, animal reflection of our jaguar, jaguar friend and he says, uh, you go forward, I'll handle this Swoop,
1: <laughs>
0: The Sibusara enters the cave our friend Indigo Child arrives at a cliff Oh, what's down there? Oh shit! <laughs> you can slow down Boom. Down in the abyss there are three egos of himself. He begins to get his ass kicked. He does a foot sweep and materialises his power sword and slays himself. When you slay the dragon, you slay yourself. So magically the three egos disappear. He hits on forward. Back to our Jaguar friend. Inside the belly of the beast. Belly ache. Kaboom. He absorbs the energy, wipes his mouth. Oh damn, I'm outside again. The helicopter sees him. But they go after him and they shoot. Our friend is swift and agile. Our indigo child reaches his destination, and there's a girl inside a crystal. Throws his sword towards the ceiling, breaks an opening. Light comes through. It's the crystal. She is freed. She flows down. At the same very moment, the secret—the secret the secret society is getting close. They meet for the first time, he has found the crystal situation. Her friend gets his ass kicked. Girl gets this off, protects the boy. The boy reaches for his sword. really lost an eye. He does the same thing, slays himself. He slays the beast. Because he goes to Sire he's not slay, he shoots some white food from his cosmic cube. She sends back the energy. At the same time, she ignites the cosmic hue and we have the Eye of the Pyramid. The Eye of the Pyramid shoots out an Anunnaki. Anunnaki uh, destroys the little crystal fronts. She's like, oh, and he's like, I'm going to catch you a pitch. Yeah. Nah. She shoots energy at her. She protects herself with a crystal. The guy is pretty strong and insane. The crystal begins to break up and she has one little friend he whispers in her ears. She's like, okay, I don't let this happen. So she gets uh, shot by the energy of the reptilian Anunnaki she absorbs the energy and she touches the universe and then she sends that back. It's the reptilian Anunnaki, he gets crystallized. He picks up, she picks up, picks up the, the indigo child. The reptilian begins to break apart. The whole crystal begins to change, the whole cave begins to change, to re-crystallize. They appear outside, they find their friend, and he's like, oh, she's hot. Friends meet. The another portal opens, and they look back at their experience, and they leave. The cave gets completely crystallized, and it's not really a cave, it's a being who comes out of the ground, gets up, and shoots up to the sky, up in space, and then takes giving the finger. Uh, the two opposite uh, crystals can join together to open a huge portal. Uh, this energy is sucked out into the portal, Perspective. actually. Uh, he gets crystallized and all of the crystals come back towards the earth. Begin again. Yeah. end. <laughs> Alright. Um, okay, so uh, I'm Dave Cabral and I was born in Tijuana in 1972. And um, so, this is, a, this is a video still of a short called Snail City, where I was trying to adapt uh, Macbeth in uh, a very experimental um, form. And I was working with the snails, but I realized it was really hard to direct snails. <laughs> and I was uh, using multiple layers, and uh, that's the queen there, and there's like, all the like, messengers. and. It was a very uh, abstract, uh, interesting short, but I was never able to finish that because uh, I suffered a a theft, and uh, I, all my equipment got pretty much uh, stolen. So I lost that that work. It was that was going to be like an hour long uh, experimental film, and this is another video still from another short called Oxygen, and this is about. Uh, the idea when everything overwhelms you and you're in a scene and you feel like you can't breathe and you're sort of trying to get out of a funk or get out of like a hole and you just you just, just can't seem to get out of it. And that was what I was trying to experiment with this. This is like the first short that I did without any like dialogue. It was just image based. And I was just trying to uh, do a narrative where the image could just tell the story without using any language or anything or any written words. Uh, flag Day. So, okay. Uh, so in 2006, um, uh, around 2005, 2006, in Tijuana, there was a huge wave of kidnapping. I don't know if you guys heard or you read. If you're from San Diego, you probably did hear like, all the obscure and dark things that were happening down there. And I was part of an attempt at kidnapping. And uh, after that, I sort of got, I had this sort of like, uh, I was bottled in with all these emotions of feeling trapped. And kidnapped and vulnerable, so I started working with um, the kid- kidnapping team, and I um, began doing research. I was able to edit a couple of shorts with uh, with uh, paint audio from real kidnappings, and I was able to work with images stuff like that. So this is this is from a video, uh, a music video, and it's called Flag Day, and actually happened on Flat Day, at the United States. What do you call it? Uh, Yes, <laughs> like five years. That's when it happened. <laughs> so anyways, that like Mayo, like, Fourth of July? Exactly. Something like that. So, that's when it happened, and basically this character, this is, uh, uh, the character, Mike Bullock, uh, or right. a guy with a mask, and the idea that, uh, all kidnappers have different, or not kidnappers, but pretty much everyone has different masks for different times, and, uh, we all use them somehow. Okay, let's go to the next. Okay, this is tj Five Hundred. This is also a video still. This is a short about um, uh, the relationship between Mexico and the United States uh, but through cars, and how cars motivate this uh, interaction of uh, of coming and going, just as like a Trojan horse, or the idea of smuggling and the idea of this sort of cross-cultural. Um, Relationship that we have Mexico with the United States, and uh, I used all these like this, or it's called like a news takers, like a CNN uh, uh, news, and I was, I was, I, I, I did some research online, and I did pretty much uh, Puebla, San Diego news stories, and I looked at the headlines, and then from the headlines I started with the headlines, and I, so part of the headlines are true, and part of the headlines are. So the idea is how do how do we play with this reality? How do we convey uh, our everyday experience with what happens between both countries and what we actually believe, what's actually real, and what's not? So it's a very ironic video, and this was sh- uh, this was shown in the installation at a museum. <laughs> okay, this is the video clip, uh, and this is about uh, the idea of why don't we see. Uh, yeah, that's uh, beg for us, or pray for us. And the idea of this is uh, I shot this in the desert in Mexicali, and uh, I would, would give a, a workshop down there at the Mexicali Rose Art Center. And I worked with uh, young uh, adults down there, and it was a four-day experience, and we went to the desert and shot it. And it focuses on the idea of um, of blind people I had this, I don't know why I had this idea of blind people walking in the desert, and how absurd that would be, um, how would they find their way home, or where would they be, and if somebody saw them, what would happen if somebody saw a blind person? And, and, and then that started thinking about um, immigration, and the people that cross the desert, and people that cross the mountains, and the people that are trying to come to the United States, or to look for work, and how... Sometimes they're lost, you know, and there's the middle no way nobody will ever find them. So this that's real good, Charles. <laughs> Because that was like an eight-minute video. So then this is insecto, um, and this one is called words. And uh, uh, this uh, the story behind this is about a um, basically it's just a study on, on Mexican machismo, on how uh, women uh, get sort of lost in uh, in the family unit and or in society, and how uh, men sort of take this role of, of being. Um, It's almost, I don't don't want to say like a god position, but machismo is something that has definitely taken uh, Mexican culture back a couple of steps, so this is an excerpt with that. So the next one's called The Vecina. This is the, the feature-length film that I'm actually uh right now. We're almost done with it. Uh, this also takes the kidnapping theme. Uh, this is the last, I think, uh, of five videos that i worked uh, with this uh, theme. And um, this is a character study on a kidnapper. Um, and uh, this is the teaser of The mm. So now let's go to something more lighter because this is, uh, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about my morals. So yeah, we'll, 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 let's share how we met, or we had met before, and then how we started working together. Okay. So the beginning of beer. Sounds Sound good. Yes. So uh, I think we were at a party once. Yes. Uh, and we were drinking beer. Yes. And uh, we, I smoked cigarettes. She smoked cigarettes. Yes. Nobody yes. so in the party smoked cigarettes. We had to smoke outside. Right. So we went to smoke outside and we started talking about uh, David Lynch and Vodovsky. Right. Exactly, <laughs> and uh, I get asked you, so, but you finished your film, and you're like, uh, uh, I'm working on it, and we had more beer, and then from there, uh, it kind of clicked. You know, we, we were two separate <laughs> storytellers, uh, for, uh, and kind of found something in in uh, common, in common, which was beer. <laughs> Yes, so Charles and I started collaborating uh, for a period of time on different projects. So we started with the poster design for the a the film, film called Disease. And, and Disease is about a, a, a drug smuggling family of zombies living in Tijuana. It's, um, it's a comedy. And um, after that, he developed a graphic design for us in Jack's. So was called a disease. John uh, Carlo was like, okay, how much do you charge? Like, well, I could charge a lot of money, but a really, need or what I want to do is, uh, before this, I worked all in traditional media. And I think that one of the the, the, the way he paid me was he bought this really cheap uh, Wacom bamboo uh, digital tablet, and this was my attempt. It's the first piece where I've gone from traditional media towards uh, digital media, and this piece was like a combination of trying to put it together in Photoshop, doing these separate things by traditional media and digital media. So, and this, uh, this, uh, that little black-home tablet definitely changed how I work uh, completely. So, uh, I said. That- yeah, that's true. Uh, that's that's how that's how we did. So we started training stuff basically, and so he did that, uh, design for that poster, and basically all the graphic design of that. And then um, I wrote a, a feature line script uh, called Noosa Circus, but it's um, you know it's a very large, big-budget film, so I, I really didn't. Uh, we haven't. It's still in development. And Charles did um, he did the storyboard for that. Yeah, and and, and the thing, I did the story work with that. I was working on the comic that we saw in the beginning and Giancarlo was would get drunk and of my house at late at night, meanwhile I was working on it and he was totally fucked up. and and we would just, would just have these long conversations about the narrative and how to tell a story and, and point of views and and uh, really get into this heat because. You know, we didn't yeah, uh, to end up with girls. Yeah. But we would get into this conversation of uh, generating this narrative. And then we would, when I wasn't working, we would uh, go down uh, to my backyard, uh, smoke weed, get drunk, talk about ideas. And when idea he was constantly uh, working on was Super Medusa. And I was like, well, that sounds just, like, cool. And at, and at the same time, that's when he was working on the Crystal seal. So suddenly, like, ideas started beginning to complement each other. And then my ideas sort of started, like it makes me into his work, and is it makes me into my work. So all those like, conversations, like midnight conversations, you know, that we, but it was not like, you know, see each other like, you know, once a month or something. It was like, there was a period where we would see each other almost every day. We could fuck up early it, it was usually at night, and usually, you, you know, just talk. You're, you're and you, um, about, you know, what, whatever. You're I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> was I no, was sorry. No, you don't smoke, you right? Here, right? No, My mom no, no. smokes oh, So this
1: is a concept it's art for Medusa
0: serious. Circus. Um, we started with uh, just kind of uh, uh, um, imagining the concept art. This was hard for me at the beginning because he would uh, uh, talk in like symbolic poetic ways, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Just tell me what to draw, and I'll draw it. And he would try to like poetically tell me what to draw. i like, that doesn't make sense because... Uh, language is very personal. Right. Well, so is image, right? But uh, uh, when you do an image to something that's very uh, specific, then it can't be personal, because then the other person would understand, it, to understand Right, so, and this is our case, so the beginning of the script uh, has to do with, with these first, like, uh, storyboards. Mm-hmm. And it starts with like an aerial shot of, it uh, started in the city, moves into the mountains, so it goes from here, it goes from the city, it's a very industrial looking city, and then we go into the mountains, and then you know, the shot keeps going, on, and then we go through the desert, and then we arrive on the top of to the ocean, and we see this, this is supposed to be the circus tent, and it was like a nice, like a Medusa. And and it's uh, a story about freaks, pretty much, uh, and inspired obviously by Tod Browning's nineteen twenty-eight, six or twenty-eight, uh, the movie Freaks. And um, so yeah, uh, so then he did. We were talking about character design. This was because I was doing a, a production. I was taking this production uh, workshop, and we were developing our, our work in order to raise funds. And this is like the main bad guy. His name is Henry James, and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's a uh, very interesting character. And he's very, he's has got a lot of love, uh, personal ideology. And he's very, what uh, right, right, right? Straight. No, not straight. He's yeah, very, uh, you know, like... painful Precise. <gasps> precise? No, he's very great... Uptight. Uh, Stoic. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, well, you know, he's, he's, he's this guy with... with, with, with very, he's... I don't know how to say it, I mean, it's strange, but anyways, he's a, a very uh, intense and, and controls the city. He controls the city, okay. And this is Match, that's his sister. And uh, she lives in the circus. And again, this is just concept art, this is what, uh, from there we developed others. So this is, and then this is Match's, I guess, like, he's kind of like a little boyfriend, kind of, you know, he's a little wolf boy. Uh, in the <laughs> and uh from the circus as well. And uh, so okay, so the storyboards. So then we did. The, so then we did the, the, the storyboard for one scene, uh, which is that. So uh, that you know com. That's where you can find the storyboards if you're interested. in... Yeah, I couldn't make that work. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. 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 So and then after that, we we worked on. Um, I had a, a, a film shown at the Councilman's Festival, and it was, uh, it was called St. Jacques, and he did all the graphic design as well, and he did all the, uh, um, the website and everything. This was, this was like a two week, three week before I had left for Cannes. So, um... Why is your logo on Monkey to car? Oh, because uh, they say that the monkey can do anything. If you train them properly, they'll do anything. Monkey! But I taking the whole monkey? Monkey. Monkey. Anyway, yeah. Alright, so where does Maguro come from Okay, so uh oh Okay. Maguro comes from uh obviously I bought, I saw the films of the Zs. Um and Giancarlo had this uh, uh uh, presentation in Mexico Rose, which he talked about uh, a while ago, and he needed a poster for the presentation, and he said, you want to design it? I'm like, sure, okay, I right, let me uh, do something that's going to be in the, in, the, in the showcase, and I, that's the first time I drew my guru. And it kind of has all the elements that now leads into the story we're working on, but that's the first time my guru was, uh, or I visualized my guru. So the birth the birth of Maguro... So Maguro car- character is a spin-off that comes from the short film, Disease. And in Disease, he's like the right hand of the zombie family. And his job, basically, is to chop up human victims and use them for their consumption. That's pretty much it. And so that's how the character is born. And I, and I wanted to produce... After that film, I wanted to produce a film about Maguro, just Maguro. And I wanted to follow the structure of... Uh, the slasher genre, you know, like Friday the 13th or Halloween. So it was going to be a slasher film, which is, you know, a sub, subgenre of horror film, and, you know, it's generally a psychopathic killer, you know, stalking and killing him. He's got them shedding a knife or an axe or something and usually the victims, you know, uh, tend to be women. Uh, why? I don't know. I mean, i been terrorizing women since I can remember, and uh, I don't know why it's, you know, it's always, I would love to see a, a woman well, there's actually a couple of shorts, right? There's a couple of films that do that. But, you know, it, it needs to have more, I think, stronger uh, uh, women character that can actually, you know, just turn the genre around. But anyways, so I wanted to do this last year film. But after much debate, you know, I realized that, I, I, you know, I, I j- it just didn't have the money. And, uh, and Charles, you know, had been insisting that like, we she work on something. And I was like, well, you know, I'm like, he's like, Let's working on a graphic novel. I'm like, all right, you know, you know, I don't know. He's like, well, what about my we can, you know, work on that. So I started, well, yeah, I guess. So we started developing the character. And we started producing Makburu in 2012. The, the, the funny thing is, is that Makburu was a uh, character we both kind of separately worked on before we started doing, or decided to do the, the comic book. Yeah, they, the the, 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 the zonki, or the the, 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 the donkey painted as a zebra, right? You guys all heard of that or seen that or anything. And, the, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, the idea of the way the, they painted is because when they were shooting the pictures the, the donkey would not be there. There was not enough contrast for it, so they decided to paint the stripes, and that's the birth of the song. They used a pinhole camera to yeah. uh, develop it was developed there on the spot right. and since it's a pinhole, uh, not enough valleys in it and the donkey was white, whiteish gray, so they decided to paint on it. So it, it seemed pretty brilliant. Sure. Yeah. And and when I, I, yeah, I did it first. Um, it's not the, the first one, but I did it. I was known in Tijuana or in Mexico for the uh, character called the New World, which is like Donkey boy. And he was this um, uh, nonconformist, rebellious, punk, picket uh, to the man, anti-capitalist, uh, uh, fuck Mickey Mouse, uh, anti-Makila, uh, a character, and then carlos <laughs> did what he did for, uh, for Disease. Right. Yeah, she started in 2004 and finished in 2010. And so, you, I mean, the film is, you know, it's expensive. Even though it wasn't shot on film, but still, you know, it takes, a, it's a big infrastructure to do a film. You need a lot of money, you need a lot of people. And, you know, I come from the to yourself, the it yourself mentality. It takes me a while to finish my stuff, so... Anyways, so we, so we started thinking about, um... Can I oh yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay,
1: amigos, it was 50 tacos, 40 crack, to nasada, and 10 head cheese, 2 marburos and beans. The total is $2.94, and that includes my fucking tip. This is so cheap. I love Mexico. <laughs> this sauce is yummy for my tongue. I'm not hungry. What's the matter? What if we get caught? Oh come on, poor child Do we look like drug smugglers? We'll just tell them the big yards are full Yeah. Orange, purple, yellow, blue candies, all bottled up in little old plastic bottles. It was your idea, now be a man. All right. But first I'm gonna need a little something to cut the adrenaline down. Quite a little dance get me today.
0: I'm walking on the wild side of the border Oh, hard. you'll make me so mad <laughs> After the video of Willfield, now, dig it So, yeah, it's a very ironic short and very absurd and they both of to talk to the American uh, stereotypes and I'm just gonna stereotype having um, this is a relationship in Mexico with the United States. So, uh, what is Maguro about? Maguro is a, a three-volume graphic novel about a paquero. Uh, this guy chops up the meat to get the tacos slash samurai. And um, his goal is to cause chaos, right? To reestablish order in Babel's sanctuary. Babel's sanctuary is the result of a huge earthquake that's been caused by the San Andreas Fault Uh, devastating the Baja California region all the way up to uh, San Francisco there, separating the West Coast from the mainland, thus creating its own island. And the graphic now focuses on three aspects, the underworld, hell, celestial, heaven, and the earthly. And after much debate about production costs, we can we can work by we. I mean, Charles can all draw the drawing, so I could just let my imagination go and think about you know people floating or epic, you know like battle scenes or whatnot, and he would just draw it. I'm like, oh, production costs are pretty low with graphic novel. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so I just have to write it and then he draws it. So chapter one, uh, basically, we wanted to contextualize Aesop's Sanctuary, but inside the taco shop, inside my burros, like in a in a world um and these surroundings and all these characters that are around him uh, have this um important um sort of a relationship with him and the idea of, of this place called Babel's Sanctuary, uh, I, I think somehow it came from me growing up in Tijuana and Playa's at Tijuana, which is the coastal area of Tijuana. And Playa's has always had like a remarkable fusion of um, different ethnicities and, and backgrounds and religions. And It's very small, it's like Imperial, Imperial Beach on the other side of the border. It's uh, actually probably made smaller than the Carol Beach. And um, there's Catholics, and there's Christians, and there's Jews, and Buddhists, and Muslims, and Methodists. And there's nauticals, there's gangsters, cholo's, punk skaters, blacks, browns, whites, yellows, purples, you name it. I mean, it's in Playa's, OK? So I started thinking about Playa's being like this most Northwest point of Latin America with the United States, and how we are connected how Latin America or Mexico, specifically, how we are connected to the United States, not by a border, not by a fence, but by land, by soil, and by water. And we are forever it that way. There's no answer to us, us about it. We can't really do anything about it. So I uh, i thought Charles said, well, what happens if, you know, something happens like the senator is involved and the land just, I had a huge heart on doing something when the uh, California, or the West Coast, that from the mainland, and there was something I would just be talking about constantly that I wanted to do in the narrative, and I had, I had these conversations with other friends, greater friends, and, and this just seemed like the like the, uh, this a opportunity to, to go towards the future and see what happens. Uh, when that happens. Yeah, so from that, you know, you get the, 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 the what, the, the who, the why, the where, the when, and I started thinking, you know, what kind of society would grow from that, or what would be the language used, or what, what would happen, you know? Uh, and it reminded me also of like the Fables Tower, you know, the whole idea of language and how language can either break barriers or actually create barriers. And what would happen in the United States and Mexico, and that little piece of land suddenly became one you know, what would happen with all these religions or with all these ethnicities what would happen with all these people. So we have in this part of the chapter one we have like the Amish, right? And the Amish are pretty peaceful people and the as a big community of Amish people but in Babel Sanctuary you know, desperate measures ask, ask for desperate actions, right? So they need to protect, they're like the, they're like the warlords, you know? They need to protect natural resources because the natural resources are not they're not, um um, they're not constant, I guess, and they have to be flown from the mainland. So the Amish control the cheese and the milk. It's a very simple idea, but it's just the idea that they're actually become like gangsters, you know. And and then and then when we were talking about that. A friend said, "You know, there's this show called the Amish." Amish, Amish gang, something like that. And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So. Um, so all these characters that, that just sort of grew up and as people that we see that a very very peaceful community, but we all we all know who's who, who's are the narcos or who are the uh um, the trolls the or who are the gangsters or who are the people. They all live very peacefully, everybody just like minds their own business and we're all together. So we had like so I decided to have like the Russians. The Russians are they're like the government, you know, they're the peacekeepers. And then you have also, the jikuzza, right? Instead of, of using... I always have an affinity, I don't know why, I always I always love Chikuza films or samurai films. There's something about them, something about honor and, and, and loyalty that they always sort of bring about. And I thought, okay, they could be like the masters. It, it, it could be like the jikuzza, this guy could be makurus like guru, right? Or, or, or spiritual, not spiritual, but this guy. Um, and, and that character right there on um, the top right, his name is um, Big Joe. And Big Joe is a small person, a midget, or a dwarf. And uh, he's like a, a mystic character, actually. Can you go back real fast to where we see his yeah, his card? So this is Big Joe. And, and with Big Joe, we decided, uh, I, I thought it would be really cool, you know, thinking like when I was a kid about you know, like baseball cards, or you or you, or you, would you know, have the G.I. Joe figures or something, and you'd have these cards, and you would see, like, their height, their weight, and what they're from, and little packs. story. And I was like, oh, that's very really interesting. I said, why don't we do that? We could do, like, a splash page. That's what it's called, a splash page. Or, we call, page. But, could do a splash, a splash page with all of the characters through the whole novel, and and just sort of, like, just exact and have, like, their own little, the, like, baseball card kind of. So this is a little... Big Joe, he's like a little punk, you know, mystic, and he controls pretty much, he's like a dealer. He deals vitamins, he deals dirt, and he deals caca. And that's his thing. And he's a, he's a very interesting character. Uh, he's got, you know, his, his body's full of worms, right? And uh, he's got these cats that have like an ass face. I don't know why Charles just loves, just loves drawing ass faces. So the cats have like an ass face, I don't know why, but he's like, I know, we're going to do the cats with ass faces. So, and it works with Big Joe, that, that he has like all these like little positive cats, so something's going to happen with them at some point. I still don't know what, but something's going to happen. Okay, so then, uh, yeah, so there's a big thing going on there. You know, the, 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 um, the Amish want uh, the money because they already turned into cheese and there's like a big sort of like thing happening at the poker shop and everybody's like freaking out, right? Um, and Big Joe, you know, does this, um, and I'll say something really absurd, and people laugh, and tension goes down. So then he exits, and suddenly of you see for the first time the outside of the Babel Sanctuary, and he's having a, a conversation with the jacuzza, and there's these characters out here in the front, they're like, uh, they're high, They're They're high on caca. They're high on caca. They're like, these are like gang members kind of a deal. So the idea is that suddenly you see suddenly the other side of the story which has the sci-fi element or fantasy element with these characters. And it was like, that's very interesting. You know? We we can actually develop something that we can just play with sci-fi, we can play with fantasy elements, we can play with anything. You know, it's just, it opens up the doors for a lot of stuff. So this is outside, for the first time we see him, he has a conversation, and um, his, you know they actually they end up giving him a pool saw. A pool saw is like a Japanese uh, saw, but that cuts on the pool. So you put it on the wood, and it, and it So they give him this uh, instrument, right? and uh, the idea is that he's going to use it sometime. Uh, yeah, I think there's another there's one missing. There. Yeah, there's, the, 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 there's another the, one where he's like, thank you. So he goes in and this is the the end of chapter one, which he the idea is that you know he chops off the hand and then he pulls and takes up the hand and you know, the name of the of chapter one is called Success in the Blood. Chapter one. Mm-hmm. And it's called Success in the Blood because I remember as a kid he uh, always wanted the meat that was moist and had a little bit of blood in it. You know, I mean, you didn't want like the dry kinds. You wanted uh, it had to be moist. And also, I think it has to do with, we were talking about this the other day, that when I was a kid who would go to the bullfights, my father would take us to the bullfights, and I was probably like, I don't know, eight or nine. And after the bullfight, after the bullfighter kills the bull, you know, these guys come in with some horses in like a little cart, and they pull the bull out of the ring, and they take it to like a little improv like slaughterhouse right there. And they hang the bull, and they start chopping him up. just like. And right there, you see all the, the people that are um, the owners of uh, meat shops, like bushes, waiting for their cut of meat so they can take it and they can sell it. And I was always, I remember it was so, you know, it was very graphic. It was just, you know, this bull was just bleeding. And, you know, it was just, I mean, it was very interesting to see for sure, but I think that kind of affected me very much. <laughs> all right, so that's chapter one. Okay, chapter two. So, for chapter two, I'm going to just read a little bit of chapter two, and we just started uh, on chapter two. Um, so it's, it's called, it's going to sting a bit. Okay, so here we go. All signs and billboards in the streets of Babel's sanctuary are wasteland of memories. the sound of James Brown's papa's got a brand new bag runs deep in my brutal psyche. The tomb nippling around his skull like an endless trunk of fear. Another day, another coin, but what? That metropolis just rotten away every day cause we can't snap coys from the bay. What is this, sir? Is this a koi in your bucket? Is this a koi?
1: Handsome?
0: No, oh, it's a black fish curled up like a ball. What do you think? Three guys. Born to the downtown mistress with no canola for sale. Giant squid heads slithering in the alleyways of my streets. Huh? Oh, fish heads. Fish heads, where are thou? Standing still in the corner's shadow just to bait me into your mouth. You got something else coming. Hey, human. Human, can you find me so he Please, hold up a fellow citizen, with his medicine. Human. Everything near the mainland, everything near the mainland, drop boxes. Never look a junkie directly in their eyes, much less a mutant junkie. Everyone is sick and needs their medicine. The filth must be cleansed into oblivion. Then again, without chaos, there is no order, and without order, there is no community. And without community, there is no society, and without society, there is no Babel sanctuary. I'll set the trap for the medicine. Everyone should take their vitamins. Mm. My burro stops, takes out a small portion of the caca. In ritual manner, to the four winds of midsummer, he eats the caca. I forgot to chop mm-hmm. onions. They'll make me cry. I'll decide my ways and I'll create my doors. I'll beg to my soul and I'll construct time out of thin air. Uh, He he tastes it and draws a blood circle around him, slowly and attentive, waiting for some movement hidden in the buildings. Nothing. Evidently, my friend, we are near something special tonight. The moon breathes heavy with her incandescent magic pouring down the mountain. If only the gods would pray for rain. If only the gods would listen. If only. If, 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 if boggles my mind. It doesn't matter what you say or how you say it. Not even in context whatsoever. It always has the same moronic outcome. If. And what is so special about if? It eliminates all radical thought, bringing chaos to reality. It simply finds its way into the four winds of midsummer. Evidently, my friend, the gods are ruthless, but they are wise. So drip, 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 drip into the chaos of if rain in tonight's forecast. Oh, I was starting to really enjoy the reading. That's what we have in chapter two (laughs) online on (laughs) bookbook.com. We have it up there. And, and it's almost weekly. Yes, it's almost weekly. It almost gets updated once a week, but it doesn't. It's supposed to be weekly, but it doesn't. It's just it's too damn much work to do it on the schedule. Uh, and just one thing, we both do. We both work on our own uh, our personal projects, and this is something we have on the side. So... Yeah, almost weekly. Okay, so... Um Wow. So, um, so, so the creative process, I guess, should we talk about the creative process with that? Uh, so the creative process, process uh, writing it, so how does it happen? Um, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, up to this day, it's almost the same. We learn the years, and we talk. That's, that's about it. When we talk about structure. Uh, plot, you know, themes. Uh, we about uh, dialogue, lines, uh, shape, form, color, um, and it's a collaborative process that's engaged, or you know, just communicating our ideas and, and talking about it. And it's both in the literary as well as as the visual. So I write the story, in and Charlotte illustrates it, and um, we 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 you know we can become entangled sometimes. You know, we're both very stubborn and trying uh, kind to of get our ideas across. but Exactly. So usually, one might have the right answer and we just go with it. And, and we, we pretty much have our, our, our egos really checked. We know who's talking to who. There's no I'm better than you. There's nothing like that. It's very collaborative. Uh, if he hasn't, but I his go, I write something and I'll ask him, what do you think? And uh, he'll tell me if he likes it or if he doesn't or, or where the story should go. And it's the same way with the image. Uh, he'll show me, you know, he'll do the, um, what do you call those things you did before? Um, that's it. He shows me the thumbnails, um sketches, and he's like, well, this is, I, I never understand, you'll see right now what I'm talking about, I never understand what he draws. He's like, well, right here, this is where the bird is flying, and then you see the hand, and then this, and I'm like, I, I, it's just lines, it's it's very confusing. But that's the creative process, pretty much. Uh, the, the way I, uh, I'm writing it, um, I'm just letting it, just letting it flow, I'm not thinking about it, I'm not pushing it. I'm not trying to force the things. I'm just letting it come when it comes. And uh, I started chapter two with an idea, and then that totally changed. I came up right two days later, and I said, Charles, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? He's like, yes, let's go that way. So we don't know where this is going. I don't know what's next. I have a lot of ideas of, of images or something, and I'll write them down, and then I'll think how we kind of... Uh, make them uh, work with our with with, with what uh, we want to uh, do so this is so this is uh, yeah this is from uh, some this is exactly what you're just talking about right uh, how the story leads itself uh, and how the characters well this how I, I said how the characters begin to get a lab of their own and they begin to, be, to ask the people that to be led or be uh, guided to where they want to go uh, so it's just kind of let, the process happens by itself, and sometimes it works. It sometimes it doesn't. I think uh, I made mistakes. I just mentioned. This. I'm going to show you guys a mistake I made. You always <laughs> I always make. Yeah, I always forget stuff. Uh, basically, I get I get the script from Carlo, and, and it's a full story script where it's just it's just a matter of being uh, uh, written down, and this is how I, get, I I get it. And sometimes there's dialogue yeah. between uh, each identifiable, identifiable characters. But there is no, uh, uh, he's not telling me where to set the story, where it's happening, or how it's happening. I think at the beginning, uh, there were these ideas were he had these uh, uh, specific images, and then I would say, well, then you gotta tell me exactly, specifically what you want to do the specific image. And then he said, God, the hell with that. I'm just gonna write and let you uh, yeah. go crazy with it. And, and usually, I mean, I, I don't have like a specific, uh, I guess, uh, way of writing that is not, I don't, I don't write it as, as a short story, I don't write it as a screenplay, I, sometimes I write it like a, a play, a lot of dialogue, and just a little bit. Just go back to the one before. Just like this, so um, because I, I don't know how to write a graphic novel. I don't know how to write one. So I, I pretty much just go with dialogue and put a very brief description, I don't even worry about if it's grammatically correct or not, I just, you know, kind of just go fast. And then, uh, some stuff, you know at the beginning, there was a lot of like interpretation for him, and he sometimes I'd be like, "No that's not what I was thinking, which is will never happen because obviously you know we're two people and whatnot, but you know, then I said, okay, I have to be more descriptive right so and th- and this is the next one is chapter two, where I think it was a little bit more descriptive, not as much, right but uh yeah. I think this is a very traditional way of working on comics when you get a full script, I think it's called uh writing or making comics the Marvel way, which is something that Stan Lee says he invented, but he wasn't, that's actually a, a, a collaborative uh, experience between him and the artist, Jack Kirby, where he would write, uh, he found an uh, idea of where the, he wanted the story to go, and he would give it to the artist, and the artist would have the freedom to narrate the story visually to, to where the writer wanted the story to go, so I, that's how we're working. Yeah. So I get, I get the scripts, but I have uh, a complete uh, freedom. Actually, we discuss this a lot, uh, uh, because we like to drink beers. But we, we, we have this, I have this open to, to try to figure out where to get the story to the point where, uh, uh visually there's a narrative and there's a in it. And there's, uh, um, uh, build up to, uh, uh, not a punchline, but building the story up to where yeah. yeah and Something happens, and then I, start slow again, or move faster, or, or and and it, yeah. And it's, and it's because Charles is more, you know, he he loves comics, he loves graphic novels, and I come from moving image, so it's really hard to sort of like have an image, a static image, and it's a different read. What happens? I mean, if you just see it, and it, there's nothing really, there's no movement, it's just there. So how how do we go about it? So. You know, I, I don't get into the details of how you should do like being more shadowy or anything. We just, I'll be like, you know, maybe, you know, we can help him with this type of shot or that. But I don't, I, I, you know, I don't understand if it reads well. He, so I just trust him. I'm like, do you know, does this work? And he's like, yeah, this works. i okay, all yeah, right, let's have another beer. You know? <laughs> so this is uh, chapter two, Svenskine a bit. This is what I sent him. And then this is his. This is the uh, uh, final sketch sketch drawing I, I couldn't find that, the thumbnail behind this but there was a rough drawing of this and this is where I'm doing uh, blue pencil and then from the blue pencil I go to inks, result digital, uh, and then we go from the digital to the to the image. Right. So it, it, it's 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 I think the uh, the creative process in taking the image or taking the writing towards the image is a process in itself and I think I enjoy it a lot because it, it, John uh, uh, Carlos' words when it's it's very descriptive, descriptive begins to generate these images and it, be, and it becomes pretty clear to uh, what it should be, and I think now we have handle a good handle on um, the characters and, uh, and on the world. So when I read something, and immediately something just kind of pops up into my mind, um, and here's what I was explaining where I made a mistake. Uh, where I I went too fast. What was the story? And I and and there's this huge dialogue, and I try to put the whole dialogue within uh, yeah. this story, and they're like, "Well, that doesn't work. It's it's going too fast." I'm like, "Okay, well, this is ours. We're not getting paid, so I'm gonna go back into the the, the webcomic and read all the pages we have and just start all over again." So I I sent him this uh, email, like, uh, "What's up, old man?" I screwed up. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, it, it's going too fast. It moves too fast. We take a couple of, uh, steps back and do it slower. So we build it up towards that important scene that's going to happen uh, uh, the next couple of pages. shit uh, this makes sense? And and then. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And I read it and I'm like, What what is this? And you know, it tells me about it changes dialogue and then he changes this and that and I just don't understand and then we try to communicate via like chat, you know, uh well and work and he's already I'm like, what are you talking about? And it just takes forever to like really get on the same page. <laughs> and the thing is that also I mean the beginning Charles was always saying like, let's let's move it on. Let's, let's let's you know, let's let's make it you kind know, like what's happening? And I go, We don't we don't need to tell all the information. We just need to put those snippets. We just need to mention I've realized that this We're was just like a very important moment for the character. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like a lot of uh, character development. Yeah. And I was going really fast. I was like, okay, wait, I got to take it back. I got to have him time for the audience to get to know him. Yeah. Get his motivation. This is chapter two, which was the up web uh, yeah. couple months ago. You know, it's like fishing. You know? It's not a short story where everything's already like almost developed. And, and, you know, you just, you know, it's a punch. It's like, Damn. You know, it's, it's a novel, it's a graphic novel, it's a, it's a three-long, so it's like, we don't have to hurry up. Nobody's like, you know, so, so it's peaking on our toes. He it, and you write a dialogue for the new page. Right. Uh, so I, I get what I want. Uh, so <laughs> I start, I go to thumbnails, okay? And uh, start breaking down the process. I, I kind of figured out that in my process, I, I work better if there's less panels, mm-hmm. Not so many panels, so I'm going from, uh, working in distances, working in these shots, uh, and slowing it down more. And per se, the first chapter was more, uh, more panels within each page and trying to make it slower since we have the entire in These are the ones having all these inner dialogues. So, we begin to build up the illustration. This is basically, uh, the process, how I, like, how from, uh, uh, from that mistake that I made and I realized, and writing back to Giancarlo, and Giancarlo took me a couple hours and he was frustrated with me because I couldn't make, I couldn't spit out what I wanted, or couldn't communicate it via email, uh, and he's just like, okay, okay. here it is, dialogue. And I started bringing it down from there. Yeah. So, I, I get, the, I get these, uh, these stories. Break it up into a paragraph, four sentences. That's a lot to illustrate for a page. That's a thumbnail. Uh, character studies. So, what I really wanted to do was have, uh, uh, Makuro really act, or try to make him feel like he's acting through, uh, uh his uh, expression. These are directly from the sketchbook. And then I grab a bunch of these and put it in the uh, page to figure out how to make that panel. And uh, we have this right now at, at online, it's called com, but we want to actually print it, we want to actually have it, uh, the book. so we're creating a, a Kickstarter nowadays, I think that's the way to go crowdfunding, so um, probably by the end or middle of next month we'll have the the page up for for my course on Kickstarter. And, yeah, I don't know, I mean, I really, yeah, this is pretty much the process, that's, it's a, you know, give and go, give and go, take it, leave it, back and forth. I try to, uh, 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 not write, I just write with images. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You say that you think when you're, when you're But this is just, you know, taking the, the, the story forward. And now that since I break it out, and this is things I'm learning in the process now. Taking it down to a page paragraph or a page. Uh, there's more opportunity for the story to be uh, 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 get more visualized or, or get stronger visually than having so many uh, in the story and trying to say s- so much. And it's I think you say more of it less. Yeah, and also, um, I don't know, from what we saw, it's, it's it's just like a lot of men. A lot of very male-oriented... Ruperi uh, uh, macho. Yeah very, yeah, very macho, yeah. And, but at, at a dinner party with some friends, you know, this friend, of uh, my friend, uh, mentioned, you have no women. And I thought about it, it's like, you hey, don't have like a woman. Right? at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, in chapter two... We actually, I decided to change uh, the main, like the, the, the one of the main characters into a woman, which opened up a million and a thousand doors, because as we know, women, you know, we're born from women, and they're strong. And this, my mother, is like a very interesting character. And so we were, I was able to... You know, and that's always good when you talk to people and they sort of give you their their input and you're like huh well that's right that that could work or could not work but that, that was like I think that makes total sense yeah. they have a strong male character is he is, is he like brought up by strong, stronger male characters yeah. or is he brought up by a strong female character somebody who has the capacity to be strong and to be loving and you know, I think that generates a full human the right. opposite. No, the thing is, that it's because of like the POV. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a man. I'm writing it. Usually, just it's it's like an automatic thing. I don't I don't you know they don't stop and say wait a minute. You know, it's like um, how how why are you not a woman or it's you know it's like Pedro Malova, He's he writes this incredible female characters. They're all incredible. You know, so it's like it's trying to sort of like change my perspective as well and try to start working more with, you know, my other side, my female side. You know, what, what am I, you know, why am I not working on that? What's, what's going on there, you know? So, um, that's one thing that, I'm, you know, that we're trying, that I'm trying to generate in this, in this context. And I think it's, it's a great character. I think she's incredible. She's amazing. Right. So, it's okay, going to process, uh, to push Um, and we use sketch uh sketching the computer, you uh, can draw computer, adding stuff, subtracting, adding color, adding texture, adding uh, type. And then, the, and that's the last one. image where we're at, uh, at recently in the uh, uh, comic, and this is the thing I'm working on now, so, uh, to get yeah. this idea and how to, uh, Communicate it in a very graphic visual way and not to make it be uh, C say which is you're seeing what is being said, but how to make it in a way and uh, for it to be interesting but interesting in a way not how do you how to now, how to use the, the, the tools of uh, what it is a comic which are you know, panels and how the panels itself could become a way to communicate the graphic of the same story so. Right. Where we are is is trying to tell that paragraph, uh, 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 and as an introduction of the gods in chapter 2 there's squid heads, giant squid heads. Okay, and uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, letters, I'm using visuals. So it's like, okay, there's this guy, he's standing here, and then there's a building here, and then in the next panel, he turns around this way, and and it's going on and on. And, and I don't stop myself stop, stop looking at what I'm drawing until I've uh, eliminated all the possibilities that I want to draw, and then I just step back and look at to see what's working. And usually it's like three or five different thumbnails in a page setting or different panels, and then from those, uh, uh, to find the find that work and put those together uh, to make one page or save it for something else. So it's, it's, it's a great process, and the process is for uh, the look flow, well, basically. It's not, like, I think, what you want to do with it is, oh, I have to illust- you know, illustrate this, draw this, and then you're stuck with that uh, idea of drawing that instead of letting uh, the creative process just. And you see where that takes you. And you could take you to different uh, places you never thought uh, you could go there. So it's just drawing and drawing, drawing and drawing, and constantly have sketchbooks. Uh, and that's where I'm getting now my ideas. Is there like a visual connection between the way that you uh, prepare your films and the way that you prepare visual dynamic? Of them? and what you write for in the comic? Or what you, when you're writing, do you do you have the same visual eye for it? Is or is it completely different? No, it's, it's completely different because it's his interpretation. And uh, even though I might think, well, we should open with a master shot or a long shot, whatever, or a circle, like I said, because it's a moving image, you have the option of time and space constantly, and then the comic is just flat, and then it's so I pretty much just let let Charles make those choices. But when I'm writing, I write in the same sort of manner, which is just think about uh, the plot or, or think about uh, the structure at that point, you write a description, the characters of the dialogue. It's very simple, very fast and very quick. I don't I don't bother getting like you know, in really detailed you know, because I'm not writing a short story, I'm not writing a novel, I'm not, you know, it's it, am producing it since I do it, since it's, so it's something that I can understand fast and hopefully that you can just interpret and say, okay, this is how we can do it. So it's, it is a strange, strange way because, you know, even though for film you use storyboards and you time them and you say, well, you know, I'm going to do this dialogue in two shots. I'll start with the master, and then I'll cut to a close-up, or I'll start with the close-up of the hands, and then I'll cut to a reverse shot while he's saying she's reacting or something. But in comic, I can't, I can't do it that way. I don't have, I'm not cutting. There's no perspectives. There's not possibility of options of movement of camera. It's just very static. I, I think there's, uh, it's called uh, there's two ways. There's writing uh, this. Uh, marble way, which is a full script story, and the other way, uh, it's uh, detailing the whole page panel per panel and telling the artist exactly what it is the, the writers visualizing. And this is something artists, uh, writers such as Alan Moore or Grant Morrison, who uh, 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 are well-known comic book writers, that's how they write. If find a uh, uh an artist who they, they, they believe in, and they that let him roll with it. example, the... Alan uh, 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 Moore and uh, Eddie Campbell on people uh, Vendetta, or uh, Don Morrison and uh, uh, Frank Quigley on All-Star Superman. So I, I think it... it uh, from the writing perspective, it, it, it changes the on what you want. And I think we had somehow discussed this how the first chapter called Cramp because it was cramped, it was inside the taco shop. Yeah, what well, you know I think is that if you wanted, like, it was like, it yeah. had to be like, yeah, was <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, know, let's, you know, it's let's fish, see. let's go fishing, mm-hmm. man. It's just, and I was like, well, let's go, let's go forward. And then um, once we hook them, he goes slow. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's like a fishing Is such a big dream for realization by working on A lot of the stuff we're never really thinking about before we do it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, both. Okay.
1: Well, then I guess we, um, when you picture what you're writing, even just in the slightest bit, and then you send it over to him to illustrate, are you finding that when you see the images, does the scene change at all, or do you now have like? what you originally
0: pictured and what he has. No, it's completely different. It's completely different. And and I learned that when we were doing the uh, Circus storyboards. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it's like, you know, Henry James, and I was like, that's not the character. He's like, this is how I see it, but, like, but that's not it. You know, that's not him. And I was like, okay, who is he? He's, you know, okay. like, blue, uh, blue, smoky, and <laughs> <laughs> you're like, surreal, symbolic stuff. That's not how I interpret uh, language. So it's like, if either you go really <laughs> specific, right? you don't go poetic. Yeah, and I think that has to do with me directing. You know, he used to direct. So suddenly it's like, I'm not directing this. I'm not I'm just going to write it, and he's going to illustrate it. And it's it's actually pretty amazing when I, when I get to see some images, and the ones that sound like, just hit me, I always go, oh, that was incredible, man. That image is, oh my god, I love what you're doing with these lines. I love what you're doing. The, you know, the shadows or the contrast on this, or how you're, you know, you know, structuring the shots. And so now, more than me being like apprehensive about what I'm going to see, I'm more like delighted. Let's see what he's going to do. I want to see it. You have, know? You like, have you like changed any critical points
1: of the plot in your
0: mind according to that yet? Or? No, no. I mean, no, no. It just that's that's something that just you know, right now in chapter two, and that's it. I, I don't even know what chapter two is going to be about. So I'm, I'm, we write it as we go. And it's, and, then, and then we'll think, first of all, I'll think of the title. That's it for the chapter. And, you know, he even told me, like, chapter two is called, it's going to spin with it. And then he did this image according to the title. And then he goes, No, we discussed that. No, 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 no. You said, This is the image, but that was your You said, I'm going to do this. I'm like, Okay. And then, you know, a couple days later when I kinda of changed like chapter two, you know, what's not gonna be about this, we should try why don't we resist the gods and why don't we do? and we went then he we said, you know, it's weird because chapter two is called it's gonna stain a bit and we never see the kid actually, you know, with his standard cut and the line right then like well, I don't know. I was right. I don't know. Yeah, That was your
1: idea. No, that was your idea. No, that was your idea. <laughs> Alright, well. <laughs> and
0: then you forgot. But it doesn't... I mean, I don't think that the, the image or, a, you know, in, in, the, in the name of the chapter should... It's an idea, but it's more of a metaphorical thing. You know? It's going to sting it. It's, you know it's going to sting. So that's... that's just metaphor more than anything. Yeah. I, and I think instead of... Well, we did it in, in the last couple of pictures, but... Uh, the thing is to keep going forward. So right? that doesn't make sense. It doesn't really matter yeah. because it's 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 experimental. Uh, Web comics. We're trying to build it up as we go, and it is it, um, uh, a lot about what the comic is about. But it also is about our friendship and how we decided to uh, drink beers to have more reasons why to drink more beer. Yeah. So you know, just so, work on making the work common. And I think it's because we didn't like, decide. it's not like I met him, like, hey, you know, we should collaborate, we should do something together. You know, we became friends, we started as friends, and, and then conversations, of, you know, and then we, we, we found a lot of stuff in common, and then that just slowly kind of developed to, hey, why don't we do this? So it's been interesting because we've been working now for four years, close to five years actually, in and, and several different projects. I did, I also did a which I didn't mention, but I did this video on uh, this creative process for the uh, San Diego contemporary art fair, and it was, so he, we collaborated on a like, movie image thing. So we've done a lot of stuff together, which is weird because it's, you know, it doesn't happen that much when you can find somebody to, like, empathize and everything's fine everything's okay. And I could be like, you know, I just want to punch you in the face right now. I want to punch you in the face. No, so I'm like, like punch, punch yourself, yourself in your face. Yeah, you say understand. But well, it's just joking, you know, but it's there's something there that, that quotes us, you know, has us together besides the collaborative. You know, it's a friendship that I think carries over. You know? it's, mm-hmm. And we just let it sort of like, go. So. so we have time for one yeah. final one? Final
1: question.
0: Sure. So I was just curious as to how you that slasher was your genre. What about that motivates you to create um, work? No, it's not, well, it's not necessarily my genre. Oh. But it's, it's, my burro, you know, he just is a perfect stereotype. You know, he wears a mask, mm-hmm. and he works at a taco shop, and he uses knives and shit. And I wanted, and I wanted to do the film because I thought yeah, I could do it cheaply. I could do it for like, you know, maybe 20000 $30,000, which is nothing. And I could probably do something that would make a lot of money if I follow followed the 80s structure of this genre, which is the Halloween or the part of the 13th. And, and I thought, but thinking about all the costs, all the infrastructure, you need, you, need, you, know, you need cranes, you need the dial, you need the camera, you need the tripod, you need the DP, you need the assistant DP, you need camera one, camera three, camera three, you need your assistant director, you need your, uh, its it just grows and grows. And it's like, to do a film, you just need a lot of people. If, you, if, if, well, not necessarily a lot of people. Because all the work I do is I have a very small crew, a very tiny crew. But I just thought my world of comic is it still has elements of maybe the slasher, but it, it, it's more profound. There's more universal themes. There's loss. There's love. There's uh, faith. There's a rite of passage. Um, you know, there's all these things that that, that I probably wouldn't have been able to do with slashy film. Slashy film would have been very, very easy. To just scare the shit out of people that are watching it. And be like, ah! <laughs> you know. And with this, I was able to actually, you know, you know, this character. Let's make him three dimensional. You know, let's 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 take this moment and actually say, hey, what can we do with him? So let's talk about hell. Let's talk about heaven. Let's talk about earth. You know, let's think about Ampe. and you know, so it's all these things that you know. Let's let's really push it. Let's really let's let our imagination go because we can do it. Because production cost is very oh, well, that's laborious because he's the one that's doing the drawings. So. It, it, it keeps me interested. Uh, on the, I, I'm not into flash or film. I'm not into gore. I'm not. Into, I find it really boring. because... You expect the same result at the end of when, when the themes changed towards these uh methodological themes, uh I was cooked. That's what I want, that's what I'm into. That's that's uh these ideas on uh, how our society is shaped by these uh, fantastical stories, all the way from uh, religion to economics and societies and whatnot. And this is an opportunity to take what is you want, to about where it is now, what it could be, uh, not just Tijuana but the whole West Coast, What it could be in the present future. Yeah. yeah. What if, what if, Let's incredible. Um... Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.